ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take you all the way down in New Orleans this time. Competition is gentlemen welcome to another edition of hard to paint with david grubb we're gonna have some fun today um even in the face of last night's uh misery in las vegas so to do oh. that i welcome back my brother the one and only hank brady mr brady how are you doing on this tuesday son? what's going on i don't want to have any memories of that game yesterday anymore that was preseason game number two Definitely. That was preseason game number two. So I want to pretend like it didn't happen. And I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit more about it uh, in a minute. Uh, Drew Brees, water pistol, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's about to get real. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot to get into with that. Um, but first, you wanted to, get, you know, it's been two weeks of the NFL now. We've seen the league's presentation. Um, I have my thoughts, but I would like to hear what. Um, you know what you where you want to go in, in breaking well, down well, these first two. Weeks. We're going to break down the NBA bubble versus now with the NFL startup. Now we know the NBA bubble has been an absolute success. Uh, pretty much everything they've tried up in there has been met with pretty much a you know a, a thumbs up. The digital, the, the the digital fans, the 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 ambiance, the atmosphere as it plays on television. I know some people say it's a different atmosphere when you're there, but when it plays on television. I think I've seen some of the most intense games I can re- remember. I mean that that Raptors game from a couple of weeks ago when uh when uh OG uh Ananobi hits the shot from uh Kyle Lowry's pass, that was an incredible game. We're seeing some incredible games uh right now with the Celtics in the Heat, and I just feel like the entire bubble experience was great. And the NFL could have took a little bit off of that, but now we're watching the NFL. You're looking at it. There's no fans in the stand. They're pumping in crowd noise and what's funny is that who's the guy that's selecting that <laughs> because there's a guy up there that's pressing a button to to boo and hiss if your team like like throw like throws a short pass on third and ten and they throw like a four yard pass just somebody upstairs in the press by pressing the boo button. So <laughs> that's kinda weird for me. But overall I think that the NFL I'm 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 I would say that I'm somewhat surprised by how decent and how good it has appeared. On television, I was really, really scared when it when it came down. I was thinking, man, this is gonna be just horrible looking. This is gonna be, I don't think I'm gonna be to to to, to watch this and, and feel the same way that I feel watching the NBA bubble. But I think after two weeks, I'm starting to settle in a little bit. Yeah, no fans, it's kind of whack. But I think the television side of it is doing a pretty decent job in how it's being showcased uh, to the public. As long as I mute the broadcasts, I have not liked. The, the way that the studio shows and the announcers have done this. For which because, one, bubble or NBA or NFL? No, the NFL. Okay. Like the, the, the visually, yeah, the game is fine. The angles are fine. The tempo is fine. Nothing's different in that regard. I do agree with you. It's funny. You see different stadiums do different things depending on the things. It's like, you know, when we go to game one for the Saints – when you had a bad call, you heard a boo. So somebody was paying attention <laughs> to that. Yes. That's somebody, not the case yeah, somebody up there pressing the boo button. That's yeah. Funny. So, um, but I've been disappointed, not disappointed, because I didn't expect much from the NFL. And you see me on social media talking about this. 
is that they they said they had this commitment and that they were going to address these things throughout the year. Well, the things on the field that I don't like is they said, well, we're going to spray paint, you know, um, all of this together. It takes all of us and Black Lives Matter. And they and put it in the back, in the back of the end zone. End zone. Yeah. yeah in the back of the end zone in small letters that you never see you behind the goal post. <laughs> Yeah, you never see it. You put. It reminds me of international soccer. They got I'll kick the I'll kick racism or something. They do something like that internationally. Yeah. That kind of reminds me of that. And then you know, logo. on the back of the football helmet, which you never see anyway, you see these little yeah. tiny, tiny statements. It's not like on a player's jersey in the NBA where it takes up the whole area of the back. What you're getting is the tiniest. Po- it's not even on the like. It's one thing if they put it on the jersey or something on you know on the ch- the chest of the jersey. Well, one, one or whatever. If you wanted- about that about the jerseys is that I I was like a lot of people were telling me they didn't like the jerseys. They don't like that they got the equality. It's like it's kind of tacky. It looks this way that way. But I was I was I guess I was on on social media and I heard like a a white guy respond to and he was like, "This is for us." This is to make us uncomfortable. Y'all are good with right. it. Like, I understand why y'all don't like it, but this is supposed to make so I can sit at home and my friend, my white friend who's watching the game with me, can be like, "Okay, I got to think about that now. That got to mean something to, right. so I can get it from their kind of side of it. From our side, I see a lot of people like, "Man, come on, man! Equality dunking over vote for Millsap. I mean, come on." But but I can get it from the other side of it. How it it. For a person who's not into it like that, yeah, you're gonna keep seeing it. And it's gonna make a, uh, it's gonna, it's gonna put an indent on you. But the way the NFL has done it, what they've done essentially is say, if we hide it and still say we did it, we avoid all the problems because nobody's sitting there noticing it. You know, you know, Rod Walker and I talked last week, and he talked about how they played "Lift Every Voice and Sing" thirty minutes before the game started, so it didn't matter. You know, saying like nobody heard knew it. it. So because they're playing it, Rob, Rob was like, they played it so early. He didn't know if it was a rehearsal or the actual thing. And then they didn't play it again. So that shows you there's no commitment there. And then you see every broadcast. In the NBA, at the very least, what you see on every broadcast is the messaging. You see it when they even when the, they're doing sideline reporting, even when they're, whatever they're doing, the messaging has is at least visible. But when yeah. you go to an NFL studio show, when you go to a pregame show, when you do these things, it's as if we have never had this discussion again. It goes right out the window unless you have right something like happened football, yeah. on Monday Night Football. That's it. Other than that, yeah. we're not talking about this in the NFL. There's no Stan Van Gundy. There's no Stan Van Gundy's out there <laughs> on the telecast. And, I, I am, I, and people might be saying, well, I am especially disappointed in James Brown and Kurt Menefee because they're the traffic cops. And they don't say, hey, we need to be, you know, put your imprint on it, too. As black, prominent black men in that arena, man, you got to help us out here. Yeah, definitely. And I, I last night I was thinking about some of your tweets when I was watching. I did see on ESPN during the Saints game, they had several commercials you know, surrounding. That was the first time I had seen the commercials. I hadn't noted, really noticed it. I've been watching Red Zone, I guess, most of the time, so they don't have any commercials. So I hadn't really noticed uh, that they were doing the, the racism campaign, discrimination campaign in commercial. That was the first time I had ever seen it. But apart from that, I don't see anything in the games. And I saw that uh, there was a situation when, uh, on, the, on the Friday, on the Sunday night game with uh, with the Patriots. I think L. Michaels, uh, he mentioned something 
And, uh, well, no, the first game of the season, excuse me, on the Thursday mm-hmm. night game, Al Michaels mentioned something, and Chris Collinsworth was like a deer in headlights. <laughs> he didn't even want to no it. Part to that. He didn't want no part, no opinion at all. But I think it was the booing part when they booed the players for just unity, which shows truly what they're mad about is not what they're really mad about. But uh, just that right there, Chris Collinsworth pretty basically scared off every analyst uh, in America from saying anything about it with his reaction because he's like the number one guy. So, yeah, I, I, I see where you're coming from. The NBA, with it being a 70 80% black league, it's just something that we're pushing more and more and more. I know the NFL is, what, 60-some-odd percent uh, uh, black league, but it's definitely different, and I think it's because of the ownership that the players have in the league. In the NBA, you can't piss off every NBA player. You won't have a league. In the NFL, you piss off half the league, hey, we're going to get half the league from Walmart to come in and play next week. We don't care. Yep. So it's that type of you know dichotomy you're dealing with. In the NFL, they can talk a good game, but what they understand more than anything in this world, they understand that Americans love football. <laughs> they understand yep. that Americans and, and, and love that's why they football. That will get you through the door. That'll get yep, you through the they door. It. That way, you see it. It's like people who bring football back are heroes. People who don't want who want to argue about football or criticize football, you're a communist. You know what I'm saying? Like basically, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. hate America if you want to talk about uh, problems in football. But as far as everything else, you think goes, that's you think that's kind of like the dilemma that Patriots fans are going over with Cam Cam Newton, which you just said. Just <laughs> now, it's like uh, you know, it's like. We don't want him, this guy right here, but now he's on our team, so he's our guy. He's our guy that does this now. Look, I mean, look so at the Boston just- Red Sox. You know, when other when black players from other teams co- have come to Boston, they have reported the incidents. They are documented, the incidents of yep. racial animosity towards those black players. Um, and even towards, I mean, look, Bill Russell will tell you real quick, there was a reason he didn't have his jersey retired. He didn't attend his jersey retirement for 20 years. Like Bill Russell, Bill Russell. the greatest Celtic ever, decided that he wasn't showing up to his own jersey retirement because of the way Boston treated him. So, yeah, I think Cam, there's certainly people who don't want Cam anywhere near that Patriots franchise who have ways that they think about him. But at the same time, these are the same people who loved on Aaron Hernandez when he was going through his thing. If you'll win games, they don't care. They've shown with black folk, they don't care what you do and who you are if you can win them games. But the moment you go too far, they'll cut you loose and forget you ever existed. And I'm hoping that, excuse me, I'm hoping that doesn't happen for Cam because right now, I think he has the best uniform change of all the players that has changed uniforms. He went from Carolina to the Patriots. I'm a Patriots hater, dog. I've been a Patriots. What don't Cam look doping? He looks doping, though. Well, well. I don't Cam think has he looked look doping. I, don't, I think I think Cam would look. I don't think he would look dope in a in a Colts uniform. Colts okay. uniforms are whack. The, the, Maybe the even a Bucks uniform. Work Did you see? Him. It doesn't work for Did you him, see Tom Cam Brady? Those- Did you see Tom Brady in, in 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 that in that comical font twelve? It don't computer? look right, man. Yeah, it, it looks look weird right. as hell. It looks weird as hell. So uh, seeing Cam in that all you know Patriots uniform, that red, white, and blue, and all that, man, I'm not gonna lie, man. Patriots uniforms are fire. <laughs> I noticed the, that, the older uh, schools the that they changed back to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, those uniforms are fire. And that game versus that. Seattle, that was some. That was two of the great, a great battle of uniforms for people that like stuff like that, like me. I'll tune into the game if you wear a special type of uniform. Yeah, I, I still well, prefer uh, old school well, Seattle's. 
You like the you like the old school? Well, with the silver they, pants. I don't like the green. panache to them. Get the green yeah, out there. That old school Seattle with Cortez Kennedy and when Ricky yeah, Rose was playing. Yeah, I remember that. But and that green is crazy, man. That That's green reminds me of like uh, what, what was that movie? Uh, the the movie where Al Pacino is the coach. Uh, Any given Sunday. <laughs> Any given Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Those uniforms remind me of like a fan fiction uniform. Like someone Same came up with them and threw them in there. Yeah, Same with Tampa Bay. They look like they're from a fake league, like the XFL. Yeah, but ugh, ugh. but Cam looked fresh in his Patriots uniform. So I'm just going, he went from Carolina, that Carolina black, all black. He was looking fresh in that. And you see, ain't nobody telling about the suits either. Bill Belichick ain't said a word about them hats and suits. And he ain't as long (laughs) as Cam is completing passes, man. Cam out there doing his thing. He ain't causing no problems. I I loved his Wakanda into Superman uh, move. Yep. You saw he did that when he scored a touchdown and went yep. kind of forever and then pulled open. Smart like, move right there. The Showtime right. cam. That, that's going to come through. That's a good, uh, good I love idea. That, Hashtag dude. Showtime cam. I love cam. Yeah, man. I, People gotta I, I, like that I said, dude. I'm a Patriots. I'm a Patriots hater. And it, all it took cam. was a uniform change for me to be like, Okay, maybe I can mess with the Patriots. I, I hate the Patriots. That's dog. all it is. I, I rock hate with the Cam, Patriots. But I see Cam out there. Yeah, I want him to do well. I, I want him to do well. And uh, it was tough because Russell Wilson is my guy, too. I think he's the best quarterback in the National Football League. So uh, it was tough going against him. Maybe there's better than Pat Mahomes? I, I think he's the best quarterback in the National Football League. Uh, I mean, I think Russell. That I, I think that he I think that the only thing that's holding him back is his coach. I mean, how how can you have a a quarterback that's this good in terms of accuracy? His deep ball is like god. It's like a god deep ball. Remember Jeff Blake? Like he throws a better Jeff Blake ball than Jeff Blake. Them Jeff Blake it's bombs beautiful were to watch. He is it's just so he's just so beautiful to watch the way he put his ball placement, his his running around to create more time for it. So he has a the Fran Tarkenton element to his game as well. Just imagine if he played for a coach that actually gave a damn about offensive innovation. Man, but he's got weapons. And you see Russ two back to back weeks, all them yards, accuracy, no picks. Dude, Russ is playing. I, you know, I, I still give Mahomes a slight bit of the edge because I think Mahomes has a little bit more arm talent. More like natural Mahomes. talent. More natural talent. But, but Russ, yeah, I'm not. If somebody said that's my quarterback, I ain't crying. I'm real happy because that dude is as good as anybody. Yeah, I'll put him. I put him ahead of Lamar, but right behind Mahomes, and it's not yeah. close. I mean, it's not. And wide. that's what I would go. I would go. I would go. I would go him, and then you can kind of just for I think Mahomes is slightly better than Jackson, just because uh, the downfield threat. He can throw the ball on a dime, 50, 60 yard. I don't think Lamar Jackson has done that as consistently yet, but. Yeah, man, looking at Cam in that new Patriots uniform, seeing him throw 400 yards. I'm not saying I'm a Patriots fan, but I'm just not a Patriots. I hate your guts anymore. That's all it took was Cam in a cool new uniform to do that. Now, Teddy, (laughs) Teddy B, our man, is in Carolina. And Teddy's played well in two games, but now he gets that. And he looks, I'll say this. Teddy Two Gloves looks good in that Carolina Panthers uniform. It's, yes, it's def- definitely, definitely. Like, as much as I hate Carolina because I'm a Saints fan and we got to hate them, I've always loved their uniforms. I always thought they had great uniforms. The, the turquoise on turquoise. I think that's turquoise. Uh, the all blacks. The all blacks used to be like, my oh, my God, for a long time. You know, you also had some incredible old blacks was Jacksonville. Jacksonville ruined it. The old school all blacks? Yeah, ruined. when their helmet yeah. was... When the helmet they was had the full, the full the Jaguar. David Gerard here, the full when they Jaguar beat Pittsburgh. On it, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah when the they rocked the all black uniform. 
Ooh, those now nice. they look like they have practice jerseys. They look like they wear practice jerseys now, but those are too old school. So, so yes, definitely the Patriots. Uh, Bridgewater, I thought he looked nice up in his new jersey. I think he looks better in that jersey than he looked in a Saints jersey, quite frankly. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, I, those are some of the things I look about when I look at the games, man. Like, you can catch me with a uniform. It's sad. It's sad. But if you if you rocking the right type of uniform, you can catch me. I can change sizes, like, sort of start liking you. At least be Man, I like the Chargers uh, uniforms you. this year. The Chargers, I love what they did to their uniforms. I always when, like the powder blue. I mean, but they like went the more old school blue. on them. They look yeah, more I don't know blue. if I love the mustard pants, though. I don't know if the I mustard love pants are pants. so classic for them, though. I That's like it for the Saints fouls. because the Saints. The Saints don't yeah, wear Yeah, you're right. No, I'm talking about the old school, the old school throwback that we used to have that was I like the, the mustard colored. I love them. I love them too. I love them too. But the 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 gold alternative pants. I don't know if I love that. I want to see how it looks reverse. I want to see it reverse. I want to see. Them I, think, hard I, I like the yellow. Where the, like that's the the white with the yellow is 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 cool to me. And then of course the powder blue. Um, but I think they did a good job. The the classic ones to me. I mean, obviously the Raiders are classic. Don't need to change yep. nothing. Kansas that's City one of the has, rare teams that I don't care that they don't change. That's one of the rare teams. Kansas City that, that doesn't don't change me for not changing. Kansas City doesn't have to change a thing. It looks the the red jerseys, the red helmets with no line. I always prefer helmets with no lines down the center. They always look better. The teams with no lines on their helmets. Think of all the teams in the league that have no lines on their helmets, and every one of them is dope. The Bears helmet is a classic. The Chiefs helmet is a classic. Uh, you know. The Doesn't Steelers don't have the no, they have a stripe. They have the yellow stripe down the center. Yeah, but, but I'm I saying there's not a, because they only have this logo on one side of the helmet, which I think is cool. The Seahawks don't have a stripe, a center stripe. It's it's like they the, have if you, some type of thing though. They got some type uh, of little triangle type oh, of thing back. that yeah, they put yeah, on. Yeah, the yeah, there's some, yeah, the there's some type of little. That's what I'm saying. I, I, bro, I'll be on these uniforms. I, lo- <laughs> I love Seattle in general. I, I love team helmets without the center stripe. The center stripe has always been my least favorite. thing. I think the Saints. If you took that black and white stripe out of the center and it was all gold with the flirtily, you tell me. I think that would look doper. Or if it was just a single black stripe. Yeah, I, I, I'm over our all blacks. I'm over. I don't want to see our, the all blacks our, ever again. I'm over our all black. I'm over our white on black. I'm over like I would rather just wear gold pants a whole because like, we like it's like we rarely wear gold tugs anymore. So yes. I, I'm just over. I'm I'm ready for us to keep the all white. Why? The all white why, why, why Miss Gale don't don't see the possibilities in this? Like we talked, like you guys talk on your uh, bird calls uh podcast a couple weeks ago about the Pelicans changing their jersey. Why? Why aren't the Pelicans and the Saints capitalizing on this jersey change money? What is up with that? You know what jerseys the so Saints good. You know what they ones that the jersey like five times now. How the ones I like keep the all whites. Everybody loves the white color rush. Uniforms. Oh yes, definitely love them. Bury me in it. The my second favorite Saints uniform of all time are the ones from '87 to '92 when they had the Louisiana the patch on. No, no, no. The ones they wore with the don't with, with not the biggest ones, but the ones where they had the Louisiana patch on the side of the, the tugs, the, and they had the yeah. Louisiana patch on the shoulder. Remember, they were real clean. Yeah, they were. Bi- yeah, yeah, they had the big patch on. I'm not a big. It wasn't like big. Patches. You're thinking about the patch. The patch is not as big as you think. Go back and look. Okay, at all, right. Is not all right, all right, all right. <laughs> All right, man. You're thinking about the early '80s uniforms where yeah, I'm thinking about the, the huge patches. I don't like no, 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 the no, no, no. huge. I'm patches talking about the ones on, on my jerseys. No, no, no. I'm talking about the ones that were from that early, late when when Mora got there and they 
first changed them up and they were so oh, clean oh, with that. So you're talking about the numbers million, have like but, that little stencil, has that little stencil type thing around the letters, like, around the numbers, like the five and it has like an outline around the five and old school. I mean, you go look, you go look, you can't describe them all for this. It's hard to do, okay. but folks know, go back to 87, check them out. The Sam Mill, you know, like they barely, yeah, it had barely just, it was white lettering. Remember on the black jerseys? Very, very yeah, thin I remember those. around the yeah. numbers. The numbers were not giant. The patch was on the sleeve. There were no sleeve numbers on the side. The sleeve numbers were on the shoulder pads. And they were well, still can we go small. Ahead and say, they were dope. Can we go ahead and say those the all mustard gold ones are the worst? Can we go ahead and oh, say that? Or the ones the all the mustard letters? ones and the go- mustard think, tops uh, that they wore when Aaron Brooks was quarterback? Oh, my God. Oh. I think Gil Finner. I think Gil Finnerty was a running back or something when he oh, was brand new. Those were awful. <laughs> Gil I mean, Finnerty, he, man, he was uh, he was uh, the guy in uh, in Carolina. He was our uh, McCaffrey. Well, oh, yeah, remember Gil? He came from Canada, right? He was number twenty-two. Gil Finnerty, Gil Finnerty, Cabal, man, he was in West a little bit. All. Yeah, but come on, it's Gil Finnerty. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know, I know. Now, you know, McCaffrey, I do feel fan. bad for Teddy that he lost, that McCaffrey could be out for a while. I do feel bad for Teddy on that because they yeah, looked like definitely. they were they were giving they were giving Tampa Bay a problem up until McCaffrey hurt his ankle. Well, when they lost to the Raiders last week, were were, were they with a? I mean, I don't know. Coming out of that game, we were thinking Carolina is so bad. That the way the Raiders went out and dominated them, that that can't be the real Raiders. And when we but the Raiders didn't dominate Raiders, Carolina. That game was a six-point game. Well, I'm saying in the first half, they were kind of doing what they wanted to do to them. I think Carolina kind of came back in that game in the second half. But I think it kind of gave us a false sense of, uh, of make, maybe feeling like, okay, Carolina's one of the worst teams in the league. If the Raiders are going back and forth. What are you t- them, I, think you're missing this. I don't think you remember that game right. It was, it was it, 17 to 15 at the half. Okay, maybe I'm remembering the game incorrectly. Yeah, okay. I thought yeah. I thought that at the end, I thought at the end of that game though the Raiders had like a ten point lead or something like they that. They went up Carolina ten in the third. They they took a ten, okay, they right. quarter ten nothing in the third, and then Carolina came back and and had a great fourth quarter. But the third quarter, well, I yeah, mean, actually that, that lends itself better to my point. Actually, I, I was screwing up on the point anyway. That mean the fact that they were actually close with the with the Raiders and everybody thinks Carolina is a very terrible team. Maybe right. that gave Saints fans a self a, a sense of superiority coming into this matchup, and it looked like for the first quarter, it looked like it was it was <laughs> we were right on time. I think Michael Thomas had a tweet uh, saying that uh, we about to blow him out or something like that. He had to delete the tweet. Of course, you can't delete anything. Freezing cold takes found the tweet and put it up, but uh, mm-hmm. that's how I felt going into that game yesterday. I felt like the Saints probably were going to be able to give it to him, even not without their best effort. And I was really really surprised by how preseasony the game turned after the first quarter. Like the worst thing to me last night, and we could go down a list of bad things that happened in that game. But number one to me was that the Saints physically got their asses whooped on both sides of the football as the game went on. They got their yeah, asses as the game whooped. went on. Because I feel like the first quarter they had it. But after that, yeah, it seemed like the, the, the Raiders were the, more, were the better conditioned team. Not even conditioned, just aggressive. You know what I mean? Like the Raiders were coming and they're not that. Te- Remember, the Raiders were missing people on their O line. The oh, Raiders don't right. have a very heavy D line. Their D line is small. It's not a big group, but they're fast and their linebackers are nondescript. But they didn't miss tackles. And the Raiders had the energy the whole game long. The, I think the Saints played themselves out of the game. 
But mm-hmm. we can talk about that too. They played themselves out of the game by bad play calling, by bad by players not showing up, and a lack of intensity. So yeah, I mean, certainly I'm not going to take nothing away from from Las Vegas. They won that game. They took it to the Saints, but the Saints certainly contributed to their own demise. Well, obviously, the, the elephant in the room is going to be Drew Brees' arm strength. That was the topic of discussion online every single time. If you just type in Brees' arm during the second quarter of that game, you, you pulled up 8,000 tweets, 10,000 tweets. Everybody was talking about it. And my, my thought process on the Saints right now is that as bad as Drew Brees' has regressed, and his arm has regressed, I mean, at this point, anyone that, that would say differently is just that either delusion or they're just holding the line. But I think that he still has enough talent that if you lean on this running game, that this can still be a dynamic offense. But I do not believe in my heart, and I don't think you believe that either, that Sean Payton will ever do this. He will never just commit to this run. He will never. He won't even protect a 41-year-old quarterback who's clearly his arm is depreciating. If he won't protect a 41-year-old quarterback whose arm is depreciating with a running game, he'll never do it. So I'm just I'm, I, my whole thing with the Saints right now is that their personnel is built to run. They are built to run. Even people who get mad at Andrus Pete, when Andrus Pete pulls, he is a slab of rock that you can't get around. You have a I saw I saw Easton looking good when he was pulling and moving out. Obviously, Ramshack is pretty good. Armstead, he had one missed block. I think that Kamara could have could have really had a big run had he made it. But but, you know, he's consistent or whatever. But the, but the Saints offense, they have the personnel to run the ball. And one of my things about Taysom Hill going into the season, we used to talk about it earlier before the season even started, was that Taysom Hill was going to force Sean Payton to run the football. He was going to have to run the football. Yes, he would have been more creative. Yes, we probably would have saw like triple option passes or, or weird stuff like that. But Sean Payton would have been forced to take the running game seriously. And I still see a, a coach who even when his quarterback is 41 years old, he's still refusing to protect him in the manner that I think Peyton Manning was protected in his last year when he had a water pistol. We saw Eli Manning just fall off the earth. They weren't in contention for anything, but we've seen quarterbacks in the past lose a little oomph and coaches protect them. And I'm just not understanding why Sean Payton isn't doing the same thing when the personnel is there for a rush-heavy attack. Latavius Murray has to be the most bored man in America. Like, he could probably get six yards of carry if they gave him the ball a decent amount of times. Alvin Kamara, he's proven he can run between the tackles. Has he? Give him the ball. He's only got injured injured one time in his three years here. Running through the tackles, he didn't run cons- last night. Some of his biggest runs have been through the tackles. I, True, I just think that he should get the hole. attempts. I think I think that he should get some more attempts. Is what I'm saying. I'm not just just okay. agreeing with you saying. Okay. I just don't know. I I don't think the I don't think the 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 jury is set on that. We need to see that a bit more. I would like to I, see more Murray, my, in my opinion. Sure. And I would definitely like to see more Murray. I just think that we have the team to run the ball, Dave. We have the team to Who's run we? the ball. And we I don't play for the Saints. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't did nothing wrong. That's you. <laughs> Even the year we won the Super Bowl in 2006, Sean Payton, you know, everybody talks about, oh, that's the year where he ran the ball. He, he, man, ran. You, he ran the ball. 2010. 2006 wasn't the Super Bowl. Yeah. 
2009, I'm sorry, 2009, 2010. I'm sure that 2006 AFC Championship. I'm going, I'm going that right now. But 2009, when they went to 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 the Super Bowl, he forced himself to run the ball because he had a ridiculous offensive line. He saw Carl Nixon there pancaking people every single play, and he was like, "Oh shit, I got the ball now. I got to run the ball now." I have to run it. Here's Carl Nix like mutilating human beings in front of me. I got to run it. So if he doesn't see something like that, he's not going to commit to running the ball, Dave. And I just don't know if a 41-year-old Breeze whose arm has has, has run down, and it's clear that it's not what it used to be, I don't know if he's ever going to turn to the running game. Let me give this to the people, some numbers. Because since 1996, there have been six quarterbacks who started the season as the starting quarterback at age 40. Okay. So I, I bet no you Steve can get somewhere on there. Nope. He didn't start the season. He, you know what I'm talking about? Only people who were named game one starters at 40. Okay. Okay. Since 1996, game one starters at age 40. So you have Drew Brees this year. And I'm not counting Tom Brady because I'm talking, but I do count his 40th year season, not this season. I'm only comparing the seasons in their 40th year. So you have Drew Brees in 2020, Tom Brady in 2017, Brett Favre in 2010, Peyton Manning 2015, Vinny Testaverde in 2007, and Warren Moon in 96. Okay. Wow. So of those six, only uh, so far, only one of them played a full season. That was Tom Brady, and he took um, the Patriots to the Super Bowl. I remember Testaverde's arm in seventeen. Testaverde's arm was shot. I remember that Testaverde's so arm was shot at the rest of those guys. You get a five and eight performance out of Favre before he got benched. Remember that was his final year. He got benched for Joe Webb for those final three games. Peyton Manning went eight and two. Took the break because, remember, his arm died. He came back and let the defense carry him to the Super Bowl. <laughs> came right. back. There's a lot of speculation on how that came back, but continue. But came back, you know, and let that defense lead him to the Super Bowl because he was hot garbage. German engineering. Uh-huh. Um, Vinny Testaverde in 2007, he only got through seven starts, went two and five. And Warren Moon in 96, remember that. he only got through eight starts and went four and four. All of these quarterbacks. His arm was dead, though. No, Warren played three more years. Yeah, I thought but it, all yeah, these he, guys he played. Vinny played more years. But I'm telling. But that was the that was the end of. They neither one of them ever started a season again as the number one guy after their 40th year. Yep. So only Brady is the one who's going past year 40 as a starter of that group. Brady's the only one who is still a starter, like in name, not a bench quarterback who got to start some games. Yeah. Brady's the only one. And after two games, Drew Brees' numbers line up very similarly to most of those guys. So for the, if you're a Saints fan, there are really only two scenarios that you can think about at this time. You either are going to get the Peyton Manning scenario, which is your best case, that the defense and the running game come around to get Breeze in position to win a championship, or you end up with one of the other more likely scenarios, because that's the thing that we've seen in four out of these six, three out of these six, excuse me, is that this is the beginning of a precipitous drop-off that marks the end of his career. And we already expect this to be his last season. So would it be that much of a surprise if he does have that drop off at age 40. 
it wouldn't be a surprise, and it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. We've been talking about this. I mean, th- there's rumbles about this five years ago, let alone two years ago. You know, we're just in that stage right now. And and of all the quarterbacks that you mentioned, most of those guys, they went through playing their careers through the attrition that the Drew Breeses and the Tom Brady don't even have anymore. I mean, the, the, the capability of them playing into their 40 years is a direct result of the rules in the NFL changing for quarterbacks not being hit all the time. We saw the famous play uh, just a couple years ago when the Kansas City Chief guy, he was so scared to sack Tom Brady that he, he let his arms off of Tom Brady. Tom Brady got a touchdown to get him to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So th- that's kind of the era that we're looking at now, and I think people are looking at that and they're putting too much credence in that. Like, just because you're not getting hit anymore, yes, getting hit will probably, you know, a whole lot more like Steve Young or whatever or Troy Aikman. Yeah, it'll, it'll take a toll on you to where you'll have to re- retire early. But, dude, just becoming 41 go take a toll on you, dude. <laughs> just becoming 40 is going to take a toll on you if you're playing a sport that takes this much, that has this much physical uh, demands on it. So I just think for anyone at this point to be, like, in some type of mystery box, because you read online, I read on uh, yesterday on Twitter, people were saying, oh, wow, this is the first time Drew Brees has really scared me. And I'm like, man, have you been watching for the last Yeah, where have you been? Days? Yeah, like, we're, I had to explain to him. I was like, Dude, we've been talking about this in the group text for like five years. <laughs> but, uh, and I'll be honest, too. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll say this. Oh, uh, let me just say this real quick. I mean, look, yeah, yeah, yeah. there will be three or four or five games this year where he looks like the Drew Brees of old. Amazing. Yeah, but that's that doesn't that doesn't mean any. I mean, that's it's not yeah. about doing it for five games. You have to do it for eighteen twenty games to win a Super Bowl. You got to do it between eighteen to twenty games. So, and the NFL's added a lot a, a level to the pl- playoffs. So now it's even yeah. harder to get there. And I, do you believe that in December or January, if the Saints have to go outdoors on the road, or even yeah. if they're indoors, because we've seen it in the Superdome too, and lost night in Vegas, which was indoors, Breeze couldn't go downfield to save his life. And I'm telling you, we our skill position guys are fine, man. Our skill position, Traquan Smith is fine, man. He's not like some trash. Uh, uh, you couldn't even get the ball of Sanders. I mean, Sanders runs those beautiful like seams. And yeah, posts, I think people are ripping on Sanders you, way too early. You can't even you can't even get him. Uh, he, Sanders has never been like a possession uh, receiver, just running like in routes and uh, in, 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 in drags all game. No, he's a guy who who, who threatens the safeties. And so uh, I definitely think he was unfairly uh, maligned yesterday. Look, man. Look, man. I mean, sometimes you gotta look. Sometimes you gotta look, look, look reality in the face and just call it what you see in it. Drew Brees, his performance yesterday held the team back, and it's just clear right now that he can't get the ball downfield, and teams are going to key in on that. I mean, that's just one plus one equals two, and you got a good offensive line. You got a good stable of backs. Why am I seeing second down and ten from the shotgun? Why am I seeing empty shotgun sets? At 41 years old for Drew Brees, run this ball, man. I, like I said, I said on Twitter yesterday, if Kyle Shanahan was our offensive coordinator, I truly believe that we'd be putting up San Francisco-type numbers from last season if he's our offensive coordinator. I, that's how much I believe in the talent of the Saints offensive line and, and overall running back uh, situation. But we'll never see it come to fruition. And it's tough, man, because everybody loves Drew. Man, nobody want to, like, kick, kick Drew when he down. Like, like we well, all I want knew, to I could. see. But this I mean, is, I, this is – <laughs> well, I'm saying in the sports sense, in the pure okay. – in, in the pure quarterback uh, sense, yes. Yeah. 
And you just you just don't want you don't want it to end like this for him, but we see what's going on here. Sean Payton, protect him with the it running. It ends like this for everybody. That's the sad part. For quarterbacks, yeah. unless you get that John Elway walk off or Peyton Manning walk off, it ends real bad. You're gonna look old and it comes faster than you think. It just sneaks up on you. One day you wake up and you are old. And and yeah. I mean it just it is, we all experience it. It's it's like okay, damn, okay, all right. It's not about a personal right. failure. It's not about somebody wanting to suck. It's just man, time is always undefeated. Time but what will gets get frustrated you. is that in the off season, Sean Payton and Breeze were saying we're cool with with Taysom coming in doing a series here. He can come and do a series there. Like they made it really sound like they may do a two quarterback type. Set. That that was kind of like the rumblings in the off season that we might do something similar to that. And yep. in the first two games, it just looks like it it went right back into Peyton's normal uh, modus operandi. And maybe the lack of preseason, you know, contributed to that. I could actually see a situation where it did wait, contribute wait, wait. to that. No, no, wait, 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 wait. Let's do this. When we talk right. about this, everybody had the same lack of preseason, right? Yeah, it's true. It's true. And, 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 and if you watch returned, okay, right. the Saints returned every starter except for one on offense, right? Two, yep. two. You lost a wide receiver that you were fine with losing in Ted Ginn, and you lost one offensive lineman that you that the Saints were clearly happy in moving on from, too. So you lose those two things, but everybody else is back. For an offense that did what it did last year. And Alvin Kamara is supposed to be healthy, right? So everybody walks in the building healthy on week one. We didn't look good in week one. Now here you are week two. You looked worse in week two than you did in week one. And you can say, well, you took Mike Thomas out of the, uh, out of the equation. Well, that tells you something about where Drew Brees is right now. Because Mike Thomas's gift is creating separation where there is none. So that Breeze can throw those shitty passes when he does on occasion. And Thomas is still able to make a catch because Breeze throws it to where Thomas is going and his body is big enough to shield people off. The Saints other wide receivers are not Mike Thomas. So they require separation, which requires what? Play action passing. The Saints don't do no play action because they don't run. Yeah, they don't run the ball. I'm not. I mean, I wouldn't devil advocate that. I think what you said is is, is fine. My only thing against that would be that Sean Payton he has put ridiculous value in the preseason <laughs> as a coach his entire time here, and I don't know if some of that maybe be messing with him in terms of his play calling, in terms of his feel for the team. Every year he's out there like we got to win every preseason. Game. He actually thinks winning the preseason games relates to the regular season. So that's kind of his methodology in not getting a preseason that may have affected him. And also, you know, new preseason, if you're going to do the two quarterback thing, wouldn't you want to try that a lot? Wouldn't you want to see that in games versus other teams and team and in and, and the bunch of practices that they didn't have this year because of COVID? So obviously everyone's in the same boat. Some teams look good, but I've watched other games where some teams have looked just as bad as the Saints uh, going through preseason lulls here and there. I think it's something that the league is going to have with it maybe the first three, four weeks of the season. That's why I'm not ready to write off the Saints yet in terms of how they're playing, but Sean Payton has to make an adjustment, man. Well, let's, but let's look at the next three weeks real quick. Game. Do, you think, do you put the Saints at home against Green Bay as the favorite? No. Because Green Bay's Probably dropped not. 40 the last two weeks 
you know, and Aaron Rodgers is not the only one looking good on that offense. Receivers look he good. He, 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 he ain't good. hit Aaron Rodgers ain't hit that whatever that is we were talking about a segment ago. He ain't hit that yet. Nope. He's still got a couple more years till he hits that if he wants it. But he's looking real good right now. So you'd say this and the way the Saints defense got manhandled uh, against the Raiders and on a short Lord week. Jenkins. Do you feel good? Lie Apple. This weekend? Do you feel good? The Saints probably beat Detroit at Detroit. Of course. You'd bet the Saints would beat Detroit at Detroit. Then you come back home and play the Chargers. The Chargers just gave the Chiefs a hell of a game. And their defense looks really good. They did not make it easy for Kansas really City. Good. So, like, Saints, I, like I said, I'm hoping that, that this won't be the Saints. I'm hoping this won't be preseason Saints games. One and two won't be the preseason Saints in games four, five, six. And you know, so far, the I'm Saints hoping have paid that's seven million. The Saints, the Saints are paying seven million to Taysom Hill for five carries for 21 yards and one catch for 14. I, and that's not his fault. I'm not saying that's his that's fault. That's not his fault. But what I'm saying that's not is, his fault. you made this I think big he's dynamic. Deal. You like you said, but he, they made this big deal about he was going to get used, right? That they had yep. more plays and packages mm-hmm. for him to justify the money. Well, he yep. ain't justify either it's Sean Payton or whomever or Pete Carmichael, whoever you want to put it on. He ain't in no plays. So and he should have had a more. He she should have had a bigger role in this. I, I was extremely disappointed. But what did, I mean, Alvin Kamara in this Raiders nine game. catches. He gets twenty two touches, which is about right. Twenty two touches is perfect for Alvin Kamara. But all those runs were in the first half. Yep. And the Saints abandoned the run when they're down seven, not down seventeen. They abandoned the run down seven. They well, they abandoned. They abandoned the run up ten. They abandoned yeah, they, the run they up abandoned ten. It earlier than that, but I mean, they abandoned up ten. Let and, alone and, down seven. And then so now people are gonna come out and be like, "Well, look, Drew Brees threw for three twenty-eight, one touchdown, one pick. He wasn't the reason. No, that three twenty-eight oh, is nonsense because they didn't run the ball." So let's move uh, on. Bro, we gotta get past uh, this. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We got we gotta get past this. But Sean Payton, uh, I mean, it, it's gonna take a deal with the Crossroads Demon or something to yes. to, to get him to, to to run the ball. Run the but goddamn yeah. ball. Did you, right, so did you like Kamara's grill? Did you like his yes. teeth when he was running the ball? Did you, did you see those nice little those nice? I'm, I'm I'm I have my teeth smiling as I'm saying this. Those nice teeth by Kamara. That's that's a lot of money, huh? Bruh, do you remember on the West Bank? And Marrero, and I don't know if it's still there, but there was a place <laughs> called Slugs for Thugs. Do you remember that? Cosmetic <laughs> dentistry shop. I, I, I sure do. Thugs. Yeah, yeah. If you're in the West Bank, you heard that. Yeah. Is this I'm still not there? sure if it's still there. I'm not sure if it's still there, but uh, uh, yeah, they would have a sponsor in Alvin Kamara definitely right now. I'm, oh, I'm, not, I'm yes. not sure if it's still there though. That's what I, I mean. I'm he really is. He got. All right, someone suggested he got 30K of ice in his mouth is what we've been looking at the first two weeks of the season. There are other people who are saying he might be pulling the Chad Ochocinco. Remember Chad Ochocinco from the Hard Knocks episode where he goes into Claire's earrings and he buys the biggest, fattest, nastiest Claire earring, and he says no one's going to question him whether or not it's cheap because I'm Chad Ochocinco. So it don't matter to me. So I always thought he was cool as hell for that. I was just like, man, if I was rich, I might do that right there because who cares? Somebody going to call me out on this? You know, I'm one of the biggest athletes in the world. So some people have suggested maybe they're fake. I don't think they're fake because last year he had Johnny Dang, you know, the Houston jeweler. He made mm-hmm. the ice in his mouth. And I see right now that 
you know when stuff like this happens, there's always going to be some people try to jump on this opportunity. They see because I don't see anyone else in the entire league iced out like Kamara is on a weekly basis. So now they have mighty mouth guards, which are the budget mouth guards. They have fake goals, fake diamonds. You can get a mouth guard for thirty nine ninety nine that has fake gold, fake diamonds in it. That's something similar to Elvin Kamara, but you can't open your mouth around him because it's going to be very embarrassing because his is actually blinging. They also have one similar to Kamara for $249. So you get super costume fake mouthpieces for $249 for these people called Mighty Mouth Guards. Why would you spend $249 on fake gold and diamonds, though, for your mouth? During playing game. that game. <laughs> playing that game like Ocho Seco, I guess. I don't know. But Chaz and he took them out every week. Remember, Chaz said the reason he had them in was because he wanted to remind himself of where he came from. They weren't, he didn't keep them in every game. He put them in, you know, put them in right before the game and took them back out. And it was just the fronts. Remember, they were just the gold fronts. They went across the top. <laughs> and so, uh, but yeah, I mean, if Alvin wants to do it, that's on him. Cool. Spend your money how you feel, bro, if you all right. But I tell you Is this. there a possibility he might get hit so hard that those things pop out? Like, I know they're just grilled, so... Uh, the day that that happens, that's, that's going to that, like, yeah. destroy Twitter. That's going to. That's Twitter's the thing you worry melt. about is that as a running back, and you've seen plenty of running backs left with bloody lips and stuff like that. I'd be worried that somebody gonna shove them diamonds into my my mouth. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm gonna swallow a piece of gold chipping off because somebody gave me a helmet rocker. So yeah, I, I, I wouldn't do it. But you're a grown man. Do what you feel. Akeem Talib will probably snatch it out of his mouth. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> Kamara. Yeah, Kamara Grills. I don't know, like a mighty mouth guards. If it, I, I'm certain this high school season, which is going to start in a couple of weeks, we're going to see some fake Kamara mouth guards out there. So I'm getting prepared for it already. Bruh, fake gold. Uh, you know, like, more, we've seen fake fronts yeah. as long as we've been around. Yep, it was New Orleans, man. Come on now. Yes, I mean we got to talk about this. Uh, this, 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 the epic. I, I know we lost yesterday, and obviously that's bad, and we're all circling out of control. Drew Brees, this, Drew Brees, that. But the Falcons' loss, that was like, that was like heavenly. That was like incredible. You can't even imagine what happened. The Falcons in that loss to the Dallas Cowboys, that was the first time since 1933 that a team scored 39 points and zero turnovers and lost the football game. Teams had been 440-0 in these games. And the Atlanta Falcons did the dumbest thing ever. And watching it, I still can't believe it as I watched it on TV. That's a hell of a helicopter kick, I ain't going to lie. I mean, it was a weird kick, but either they didn't know the rules or every guy had no guts. Inside they said they didn't know the rules. Jump on that ball. They, they said, said it, but they're lying. The oh, they said they didn't know the rules. The players yes. said, because the coach said today that they did know the rules. Man. Dan Quinn said they Sunday, knew the rules. They said that the, some of those guys said they didn't know the rules, which is worse. <laughs> That's because horrible. Because you step on everyone, everyone, a kid knows that the ball You learned this in Pop Warner, yes. 10 yards before the opponent can touch it, but you can grab it at any time, pick it up, and run with it. And the ball is rolling. It's not like it was bouncing. Like you said, it was sliding. It was sliding. All you had to do was let gravity do its job, fall your ass over, and stop the ball, and they couldn't do it. 
the ringers Riley McAtee he wrote an article on it and he, and he said he he had some some type of uh description of why they may have done it like that he said the Falcons have recovered their last three onside kick attempts with kicker Young Hoku in an era of unsuccessful onside kicks they are virtually the only team that has proved successful at recovering them Perhaps the Falcons special teams is so accustomed to recovering their own onside kicks that they forgot the rules for an opponent's try. And that's probably the best excuse I've found on the Internet to kind of give them a little bit of shade on that because uh, there's nothing else. That is, their win probability, Dave, was 99.7% in the third quarter. That moved to 99.99% in the fourth. So basically that 0.1%, it existed in the netherverse, in the nether realm, where all five Atlanta players would just look at a ball, dribble on the field, and I guess that 0.1% couldn't account for that. You can never account <laughs> for Atlanta being Atlanta. That was so good. That was so good, man. They blew a 28-3 lead in Houston in the Super Bowl. They threw a, blew a 20 lead in Arlington. They hate the state of Texas. And Listening to uh, Atlanta Falcons Sports Radio after that game, oh, man, there's nothing better. And Julio Jones hates the end zone. Julio Jones hates the end zone. Oh, he hates – oh, yeah, man. Russell oh, Gage God. threw him a perfect – Perfect pass. Perfect, perfect pass. Should have caught it. It should have been a touchdown. And Julio – I don't care how injured he was, and they say he was hurt, the ball hit your hands, bro. You're supposed to be Julio Jones. You're supposed to be in this argument for the best receiver in the league. I'm watching DeAndre Hopkins. That dude out there catching more balls than he can. Nah, he looks like the best receiver in the league. And then you see Julio go for two catches against the Cowboys. Come on, man. Come on. Look, man, look, look, look. Anybody out there arguing Julio, it is what it is. Yeah, he's one of the best of all time, I guess. Uh, I guess he probably will make the Hall of Fame just based on numbers. But touchdowns, when it comes to touchdowns, he ain't giving them to you. He's not giving you touchdowns. And if that's something that's important to you as a wide receiver, then, I mean, Julio ain't giving that to you. So mm-hmm. He's not. All right. So now we move on to another New Orleans favorite. The one and only number three now for the Los Angeles <laughs> Mr. Clutch. Mm-hmm. Is, he just, is he now? Like, I, I say it's his new one shining moment. You know, because he had his one shining moment with Kentucky. This is one now. shining moment. And I would say this. The first two rounds of the playoffs, Anthony Davis wasn't the best player on the floor. And I thought he needed to be. But I will say in this series, he has been the Lakers' best player. He's been better and more consistent than LeBron James in games one and two. Um, I still think he's taking too many jump shots. But he has been more aggressive with his shot attempts. Uh, and I think he's been better defensively than he was in the first two rounds. Uh, so I give him that credit. I think this is – but I, at the same time, for anybody who's who's trying to write this as he has taken the leadership and would still be the best – you know, it would be a one. And people keep talking about him as one of the three best players in the league. He still has LeBron James as a safety net. And that, yeah. to me, is the difference. I don't, I don't begrudge Anthony Davis anything. And people try to yeah. act like, and I don't think you do either. I don't care I enough don't. about an individual man's <laughs> I career. Don't at all. I don't begrudge them. It, look, if he wants to, if he's a champion, if he's a whatever, that don't bother me. I'm going to analyze it within the context of that I analyze any other player. But I don't think anybody who can stand there and say that one shot means that he's now in the class with LeBron, Kevin Durant, Jason, you know, uh, Steph Curry, all these other. No, he's just not yet. 
you got to do this more than once. Yeah, he definitely has to do it more consistently. But I think that uh, a lot of people were thinking after after he took that shot, that interview that he had on the court, that was kind of telling. You don't normally hear that type of stuff from Anthony Davis when he was like, the play was for LeBron. But I told Rondo, look for me. It's basically what he said after the game. He's like, I was brought here to make those type of shots. That's why I'm here. So for me, after him making the shot, the words that he said, maybe he's trying to convince himself. But that yeah, because like he was brought to New Orleans to do the same Anthony damn thing. He's yeah, brought to New so Orleans to the same. So why is he acting like? I... Go ahead. I just, I just think that I mean, look, he's doing it for the Lakers now. He's doing it for the Lakers on national television in a big stakes game. I just think everything that comes with that, and then you got the narrative with Kobe Bryant and all of that stuff like that, and he's just going to he's gonna soak into that. He is not a person, as we know in New Orleans, he's a person that he's impressionable. He's impressionable to his teammates, and that's not a horrible thing all the time. Not every single great athlete you're going to get down the line is going to have that A tip, that A personality, that alpha, you know, super alpha type of personality. Yeah, you, you have millions of players thousands of players throughout the history of sports that don't have that still successful but i thought that after this game it seemed like he was trying to let people know that that was his, that's what he's about now so i added not just the shot which was wet as hell by the way <laughs> fall away three-point shot uh to to end the game and i took also what he said after the game that felt like maybe uh, uh anthony davis that's trying to you know transition into this new mode and if we see him continue on this path if we see him throughout the rest of this playoffs be like the lakers lead score the, the 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 impact player in the last five minutes of the game we see that type of stuff consistently moving forward then you'll look back on this game as something that kind of changed the game for him sure yeah, if that's what happens, and, and that's what it has to be. I think that that's what the Lakers are buying, and that's what the Pelicans bought. And I'm not saying it can't happen. None of us are saying it can't happen, but I think you're absolutely right, though. The, the person, your personality doesn't change. You're seven years in the league. I think you are who you are mentally as a, as a person. Your skills will change, but Shaq was the same dude in year one as he was in year 16. Michael Jordan, the same dude in year one as he was in year 15. So guys don't change. I don't think Anthony Davis's personality is ever going to change. He yeah, can become more well-rounded. He can grow a little But I think you're absolutely right in stating that he's not going to ever be. If you think that he's going to be the guy who is in control of your team, that is the guy that brings the team together and, and says, get on my back and I'll carry you. He may do it on the court, but he's never going to be the emotional center of your team. And that's fine. If he, is, fine. he is, if he isn't, he isn't. But I, I think that what he showed in that game, at least to me, in that game, he showed that I'm not going to be outstage here by Jokic right here on national television in the Lakers uniform. And he went at Jokic in a way that I haven't seen him go at other players, you know, in his short time with the Lakers. And I, I put that plus what he said to Rondo. <laughs> him and Rondo, I, I love those two. Though. I, I, man, I wish they were here with the Pelicans. It's bittersweet, man. But you can tell that Rondo has put a lot into his head. You can tell when he talks about Rondo, it's almost like he put that guy on the pedestal. It's just amazing. Rondo. And he talks about LeBron the same way. Yeah, but but it, it just seems to me that what he said after the game, that opens the door to maybe a newer Anthony Davis. Not a newer Anthony Davis in terms of his talent. We already know what he can do, but maybe in his mentality approaching these late-game situations. And that's what it said to me. I never heard him be that emphatic. The way he said that, like, like that's what y'all brought. Y'all brought me here to take the Kobe shots. 
like I don't see him saying that like two years ago. So he said uh, that shit before. To, I, I, I just, I just I don't, don't buy it. It's in the moment. I don't buy it. It's in the moment. I'm People not saying you gotta buy it, man. But why, why, why are we psycho? We're not, I'm not. I'm not psychoanalyzing him to 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 the nth degree here. I'm just saying that in terms of the narrative of his career, this can be an important moment for him, and it seemed to be a different moment, in my opinion, after after the game, after the game, what he discussed after the because he's not saying he's he. I mean, he basically said we ignored lebron's that's not but that's not but that wasn't how the other players explained it after yeah but that's how he explained it that's how he's trying to change history he's trying to change history for him and like you said it's more bucking himself history he's the first because that's not what happened on the play because ron they said in the thing rondo said when if you don't see the guy, if you don't see Plumley come, because because remember David said, I think yeah. Plumley's gonna try to stay with me, and that the, that LeBron is gonna draw the other attention. But Plumley's stupid behind sends Jeremy Grant at AD for no reason because there was no screen and Rondo, yeah, no who screen. you don't have to tell. First of all, we know this: you don't have to tell Rondo where the open dude is, do you? Rondo's, Rondo's a great player, and he's going to find out what to do. Rondo also you. said after that game that he looked LeBron's way, and he wasn't doing nothing. Rondo also right. said that. He, so, LeBron so, was stationary. LeBron was stationary at that point. And that's a little weird to me because I don't understand that play. To me, if there were 2.1 seconds, LeBron isn't fighting for the ball, then then he was a decoy. LeBron was tired. So, and that's, that's what he said these first two games, LeBron me. looks tired to me. LeBron was 35 years old. Game. He should be tired. He should look tired every other game. He went off in the first half, and you saw in the, at the end of that fourth quarter, man, he was showing that he was 35 years old. So I expect yeah. him not to play great at times. The, the people out here, they're expecting him to play great every single For game. For 47 every minutes a night, no. There. no. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that's a, that's ridiculous. But, but I mean, look, Anthony, Dave, I'm, I'm a type of fan, me, in, in terms of what we were talking about a little bit earlier, that if I feel like the organization lets you down, if I feel like the organization maybe mistreated you, I'm good with like leaving all that hate and stuff behind. I remember like when when the Saints got rid of Sammy Knight, I think, and he went to uh to the to the Miami Dolphins. I think we were replacing him with who? To Bucky Jones or somebody. But when Sammy Knight left the team, I was like, man, I was mad at the Saints for how they did him because he did so much for the team. His skills were still there, and they refused to pay him. And also the situation with Chris Paul. Chris mm-hmm. Paul was a victim of George Shen not having no money. Right. So George Shen started selling all these people. You got a team that almost made it to the, the beat the Lakers, I think, three out of four times in one of those seasons. Uh, and, and you had a team that were on the cusp. And what you do, you trade away Chandler, like the, 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 the easiest two points for, for, uh, for Chris Paul to get it. You start starting to fall from there. So when Chris Paul went to the Clippers, I was like, you know what? Hell yeah, let me go with Chris Paul because I feel you for how they treated you here. So for me and Andy Davis' situation, while I don't necessarily love everything or how it went down, for me, and like I said, I listen to you guys' podcasts all the time. Y'all talk about it all the time. Y'all talk about it with Dell Demps and, 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 and the whole the, the whole rigmarole with Anthony mm-hmm. Davis. My thing, my thing with Anthony Davis is if we're going to be a big-time sports franchise, these are the things we have to deal with. You have to deal with big-time agents. You have to deal with big-time Yeah, it don't bother me. Deal with, yeah, that doesn't bother me at all. So that's why I'm not taking, like, a lot of people's hate is with the clutch stuff and how he did the team. I'm over that, all, too. Dude, there's only two. There's only I, – I, I can't think of only two times in NBA history somebody left a team and they, they wasn't mad. I think Kawhi in Toronto 
and LeBron leaving Cleveland to go to Los Angeles after they won titles. That's, a, that's basically only two times I can think of where it wasn't some element of the fan base team or whatever were crazy over a player going. So we just got to grow up here, in my opinion, when it comes to the Pelicans. The Pelicans say are this a competent too, too. organization now. I don't know what it says about the city, whether it's a positive or a negative about their passion. I would say it's a positive. But when Anthony yeah. Davis left, you didn't see the stuff like, you know, burning jerseys and people doing all this. Because, again, and this is what Lakers fans get on my nerves. So much. <laughs> we can't all, be they, bothered. Don't, they don't know me. <laughs> Lakers fans, you don't know me. Because I don't know how unbothered New Orleans people are. (laughs) But but particularly when they try to come for me on for some reason and act like I don't know nothing. Well, first of all, I've been watching Lakers games more than any of the most of those people have ever watched Lakers games. I know more about that franchise than most of those people do. I'll take it back to Minneapolis and I can tell you who was playing on the 1950s teams with George Mikan. All right. I'll go back to the MLPS jerseys. So, so don't even play with me on that. But I will say this. Y'all think New Orleans is tripping tripping over Anthony Davis. No, everybody in New Orleans understood that that man had no, we had no, he had no um, bad reasoning for wanting out. And I don't even care that his agent played hardball at this point. Me neither. Because that shit happened. This is big, that's big boy basketball. That's big boy. It's Drew Rosenhouse. Whomever. Agents do this from time to time. Scott Boris. David Falk, all these people throughout history, super agents, do this from occasion. My whole so, thing so, is so I'm not gonna waste and, my energy. I'm not gonna waste my energy getting mad at that. Right. The things that I think the things that people get butthurt about is when you offer the same critiques of Anthony Davis and they're just now reading them because they weren't following him really for seven years. Mm, yeah. We've been saying the same stuff about his game. If you go back and check my articles, you go check any show that I've been on, I've been saying the same stuff for five years. So people who want to call us inconsistent in New Orleans, whether it's me, the bird rights, and plenty of other folks, people have pointed out the flaws in his game for a while. It's just that people think it's hate now, and it's not hate. It's just you were being we were being honest. We said everybody's always said Anthony Davis is a super talented dude, but you did no player. No player deserves to be exempt from criticism. None. And I only, only, the only thing I got ever against y'all guys in terms of the podcast, in terms of y'all blogging, is the Frank Jackson for Rondo thing. I will never let y'all die on that. I will never let Who said y'all Frank die Jackson? On that. I don't like Frank, Frank Jackson. Jackson. People love Frank Jackson. They were cool with Frank Jackson. Uh, uh, oh, man, we got Frank Jackson to replace Rondo. That was me. Rondo another million dollars. Dollars. They didn't have the money. They couldn't. couldn't. Whatever mid-level exception, they had to do. They had to do something ridiculous. They could. Whatever they had to do. No, they they could have did something. No, they had something they could have did. No, they couldn't do. All right, I I, I had a guy worked in here. He was an NBA uh, guru. I'm gonna have to text him after we're finished. He's gonna give me the explanation. I don't have it on me right now, but he gave me the explanation. There was a max. I'm gonna tell you how this happened. There was a max number the Pelicans could offer. They they could not, and they offered him that max number because remember the way he was signed, you could only give a certain percentage amount raise for the next season. So they offered him the maximum amount of money. I remember this because I was the one who told people, cause it was told to me about Anthony Davis's reaction and about the timeline. So the Pelicans made Rondo their offer and they thought it was done because they had offered him with everything that they could. And they expected him to resign. The Lakers that was the offered. Mid-level, that was the entire mid-level exception. 
the entire thing that they had, they offered him every dollar that they could. The Lakers were able to offer more because they did not have him the previous year. And it was only a few hundred thousand dollars difference. But it was part of a plan. It wasn't about the money. Because when Rajon Rondo calls the Pelicans and says, the Lakers gave me this offer, you have 15 minutes to match? Well, maybe that means talk to I- Rondo. Yeah, I'm out of here. I understand that. But maybe they should have contacted him earlier than that because I, I heard that Dell Dips was kind of blindsided by this. You shouldn't be blindsided by this if you're a GM. You shouldn't be blindsided. Dude, it was the that was the whole breakup. Because remember, the Rondo move preceded the agent change by like like not that much. Go look back at the timetable. Those wheels I'm gonna go were already. I'm gonna go, uh, I, I had, the I wheels had a super the, nerdy the guy that I worked with, and he broke it down to me. I'm gonna have to find what he told me because I can't come against you right now. You, you're giving me good stuff right now that's making me pivot. So I can't, I can't come against you. But I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go text that guy. I'm gonna find out some more information on this Rondo thing. Well, let's finish so up on Rondo because what the hell? The Rondo family in the bubble has been very much in attention. <laughs> Man, I love how Rajon Rondo, how they turn things around in the bubble. His brother, you know, Will Rondo, uh, which is a hilarious name. William Rondo? That doesn't even seem real. That seems like a fan fiction name. But William Rondo's Rondo. job is a, <laughs> his job is to essentially make life easy for pro athletes celebrities of the big wigs that come to the game. You saw that he got into it with, with Russell Westbrook in that Houston series. Russell Westbrook, after shooting a brick, he was probably, you know, in, in, in his feelings and he heard somebody tell him, um, I can't remember what, what Rondo told him on the sideline, but he told him something he didn't want to hear and he got ejected out of the uh, the game. They were thinking about putting him out of the bubble, but what I didn't know about Will Rondo is he is the guy who came up with the entire barbershop thing. He's the guy that came up with the manicures, yep. the hair braiders who braided. Yep. You saw the Lakers game. Everybody had their hair yep. braided in that game. The players all around the league, they text him. He has a... Uh, you didn't has, know uh, about that? Uh, I did not know this about. I didn't know he had uh his brother was uh into it like this. I mean, he's getting his brother contracts from the NBA to 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 to, to create all these little concierge, you know, businesses and stuff that he does with all multiple players. And I was able to read an article on their relationship, man. I did not know that, you know, how close they are. Like Rondo's type of guy, he would like, you know, you already know Rondo's a temperamental guy. So, if it comes to his brother, he's like triple that. So, uh I, I was kind of surprised by by the whole situation. How Rondo's brother is is basically he's just getting all the cash out there in the bubble. He put together everything for the athletes, and I, I like to see stuff like that. I like to see stuff like that when guys get to the league and the situation with LeBron, how he brought uh, his guys in and he brought them all to school, and they were able. I love to see stuff like that. I hope more players do stuff like that. It, 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 it's always a great story when you when you see stuff like that. Obviously, he almost got kicked out of bubble because he was going at it with Russell Westbrook. But what he does for his brother, what he's done with this concierge service, this, this concierge service, it's been cool, and I like to see stuff like that. Hey, make your money, bro. Get that come up. Get that come up. You know what I'm saying? Bring, so I ain't bring mad people at it with all. you. Bring people yep. with you, man. And and I know he campaigned like Rondo campaigned for his brother to get that barbershop thing. He told the other dudes around the league, he's like, "Hey, yep. I'm." Y'all know my man. We bring him in, and they did. All right, we got some the the big entertainment news, man. There's so much going on, and nothing's bigger than Cardi B, dog. Cardi B in two things right now, two stories with Cardi B. 
So yeah, uh, she, she might be too big. She might be too big. Uh, but she is huge right now. But she is apparently she's getting divorced. Cardi B and Offset are no longer a couple. I, I don't hear you crying, Dave. I don't hear you. I don't hear you sniffling on the other side. Right. Uh, uh, I don't think any of us had that <laughs> as uh, something that we was concerned about. That we thought this was the love that was gonna last forever. This wasn't no Keith well, Sweat moment. Yeah, Man, it wasn't no. primary custody of the kid, the two-year-old daughter culture. She wants Offset to pay child support, which is unclear by this point. Some people online are saying, hey, Offset is mad. She makes more money than him, so maybe she'll be paying some type of support, which is weird. The two couples, the couples where they were married secretly in 2017, uh, and it's been up and down. I think the funniest aspect of their marriage is the time when uh, Offset he was in a little bit of trouble. Uh, I think he was caught messing Coachella. with another female. And he, yeah, and he got on Twitter and he started making up all kinds of excuses, acting like someone grabbed his phone, saying, I like balls and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> come like on, man. Say, someone is saying, like, it was so juvenile. But in this instant here, which was funny because they had a video because uh, Offset, he now, he, he plays video games for Twitch and for for online or um, online service and so the video on instagram it showed offset trying to hide his phone in his pocket from being discovered by cardi while he was playing video games she walked in and out the room and those videos apparently got to her and it's, it, that's just it. It, it it's over it's over because offset he ain't go chill he ain't go chill so this great marriage of two you know great spectacular you know uh hip-hop artists are over and uh, I, I'm stretching there when I say hip hop artist, but it's over. And well, you missed them too, Dave. No, no, I never thought it was. I, I never <laughs> thought that, like this lasted um, years longer than I thought it would. Like, but I understand. You know, people try to make things work for kids. I get it. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it, but hey, it didn't work. And you know, you 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 know the basic thing is a leopard won't change his spots. The dude is who he is. Maybe one day he'll grow up. Maybe you won't, but Cardi B don't, she doesn't really, I mean, like, this is more about the kid. You know what I mean? Like, from Well, Cardi B says she's just not doing it. She's not taking it no more. She's not taking it anymore. Yeah, so, so I mean, she for her. Got, Cardi B got options. Yeah, Actually, yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. Right. That's De- all Definitely got about. options. Let the kid be right. Yeah, Cardi definitely, B got options. Definitely. When you walk around with the WAP, you got, the, you got options. Uh, <laughs> that shot by Anthony Davis was WAP. That was a, that was WAP. That shot by Anthony Davis. <laughs> All right, so R. Kelly, man, another music artist, got his own problems. Kells had got his ass whooped in prison by another inmate. He said his life is in danger. They transferred the oh inmate to another state. But Kells oh and then Kells is, is he asked for bond. His bond gets rejected. It ain't it ain't looking good for the Pied Piper right now, bro. Man, is Tyler Perry gonna write this? Is this going to be a facsimile movie for this? Because this sounds like a great, like, C, C version of uh, of whatever you could put on a piece of paper right now. This is some this is some really good thing. I, I think all we're missing is, like, Boss Hog or somebody, you know, being in the jail to, to, to laugh and make little quick witty quips at uh, R. Kelly as he walks in and out of the jail cell. And people I mean, need to, I, like, man, let's I, be clear. Let's be clear. For anybody who's listening, I am not joking about sexual assault. I'm not joking about underage um, abuse. I'm not joking about any of those things. I am taking some measure of, yes, I am taking some measure of glee in his downfall. 
I'm but I am certainly not. I am certainly <laughs> not uh, upset. I'm, I'm not trying to mock any victim in that regard. So yeah, definitely, don't definitely. That. We don't want to do. Yeah, we don't want to do that at all. I think the whole thing surrounding the situation is that it's 2020, and I don't think people are. I don't think our shock meter, our shock meters have been raised to a degree that I don't think our parents had. I don't think, I just think nothing shocks us anymore. Almost nothing shocks us. And it's like all this stuff is just being pumped out and it just at a flick of a finger on your rectangular cellular device, you can get a piece of all of this in an instant. And it's like you absorb it and it's like, what the fuck? And it's like you throw it out. It's like the next thing is the next thing. And so I'm kind of looking at it like this. I'm kind of looking at it as you're telling me the next thing. And I'm yep. going to say, this world, this world. And I'm going to shake my head, and we're going to move on to the next thing. And that's what it is. <laughs> that's what it is. Like, what's next? What's next? Right. What are we going to hear next about R. Kelly? What next? Yeah. Can at, they this point, next? at this point, you just kind of like, dude, however it ends for him, I just don't see it being good. You know what I mean? Like, you get to a certain point in, in people's lives where you're watching them self-destruct, and it's in, it's in full view of the public. It's like... Honestly, right now, OJ got a brighter future than R. Kelly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're seeing the juice on Twitter out there having a blast. Uh, hey, man, R. Juice R. has got, got one of the best Twitters. He really does. I mean, I hate to say This is the insanity of America in 2020 is yeah. that OJ Simpson is rocking it on Twitter and R. Kelly is getting his ass whooped in prison. Like, 2020 <laughs> has been the. the this is just, I can't wait till we get to 2021, bro. LJ Simpson created a lot of this, by the way. I hope you know that. He created a lot of this. There, there were no entertainment TV shows in the middle of the day until the OJ Simpson trial. All of this. This must be caught on TV. Yeah. Let's be infamous. All infamous, of this yo. pretty much infamous. stemmed from OJ Simpson. Are you into, are you into um, The Mandalorian? Yes. Oh, man. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So you've I'm seen the season two trailer? I did see the trailer. Are you going to tell me something problematic was in it? No, 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 no. But what I am going to tell you is that, did you hear that? Okay, so we know that not only is Boba Fett in season two. Okay, all right, all right. But he is in multiple episodes because oh, his- Boba Fett. The actor who is playing Boba Fett in The Mandalorian, his agent screwed up and put- his credit on his CV online early because you're not oh, supposed to, you know, they don't go so under his list. So you know, the actor who plays him, um, Spoiler alert. he it says on there the Mandalorian season two, and for directors, it has various, which means more than one episode, oh, right? Wow. So there's also horn him in there. I thought he was just a. Uh, I thought he was. I thought he died in a damn Sarlacc pit or whatever. <laughs> that this is between, Remember, this is this is. But I think this is between. No, this is after. Yeah, this is after Return to Jedi. So after I, Jedi. I yeah. He did fall into the Sarlacc pit. Yeah, he fell it's into crazy. the pit. So they just go. Hey, hey, man, the the pin is mightier in the sword. So as long as you put it down in that pin, he got up out of there. If you, if you ride it with that pin, he got up out of there. They talk about dark, <laughs> they talk about Luke Skywalker might be in this season, oh, and man, that there could right. also be another Jedi. Wow. Um, 
that comes on board to explain the child as everyone Please, I hope it happens. Maybe because I hated the trilogy. I hated the new trilogy. I I kind of hate the old trilogy. And the Mandalorian, honestly, if you're a Star Wars fan that likes that real hardcore stuff, this probably the best Star Wars since Empire Strikes Back. It's honestly. a western. The Mandalorian is, is literally a it's western. It's a western, yeah. It's a spaghetti western, and and, and, and it's it, it's very enjoyable. It's simple, man. It's simple. This is what the movies the don't get. That you can have comedy. You can have comedy moments. You can have like just it's about wonder, man. It isn't just about lightsabers, and that's and, to, and, and that's the thing that totally killed me about the franchise. The franchise went from great philosophical discussions while fighting with lightsabers to video game lightsaber battle like, that has no meaning behind it like that's why i yeah. like the old school films a little bit more because they you actually have your when you're fighting with the sword you're fighting with your philo your philosoph your, your your philosophical you know thoughts and dreams and desires but now it's just is it's yoda like doing uh doing some b-boy dances off the wall with 10 <laughs> lightsabers killing the, people the thing and stuff that like that. me that's the thing that turned me off the thing that bothered me about the last the, the last three movies in the series was that apparently the force could do anything at that point. You know what I mean? Oh, like gosh. we saw stuff that you had never seen in the force in the previous six movies. You could all of a sudden people are reaching through time and space and touching each other and yeah, touching each other. learning how to be masters of the force in basically a week. Because the first time that Ray finds out that she's got the force, she's already manipulating it. And it's like, okay, force goes, uh, dog. Force goes. I mean, it, the timetable changed. You could become a Jedi master basically in an hour. They were doing the the oh uh, the yeah. Stone yeah. of Jedi uh. masters and stuff. And then like the whole scene, and it's a dope visual in the last one where she drops her lightsaber behind her back and Kylo Ren picks it up. But how is that possible? We've never seen that. If oh you could do that, God. why yeah. didn't Luke Skywalker ever do that in his life? Why didn't Darth Vader ever do something like that? I mean, Kylo Ren is stopping. Because these movies are written badly. I got the solution. These movies are written badly. The second movie, the second movie was written. Yeah, the second movie was written to kind of end game on a lot of stuff, and the fan reaction to so much game being ended was J.J. Abrams saying, "Oh no, 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 we can't end game on this. We got to bring everything back." So what they did was in the final movie, they just brought everything that they killed in the previous movie just just to just to make it look good. They just, the third one is just, it, uh, just uh, I mean, not impartial. It's, it's soulless. It's soulless. Man. It's without a soul. It's and without it's a soul. It's the exact same beats and rhythms. We're outmanned. It's we horrible. don't have anything. Oh, they've got a new weapon. Oh, it's Palpatine. Somebody's got to kill him. Then he dies. Now That's you why I'm happy with the Mandalorian. Like you said, I'm happy with my boy who was the main villain, uh, Esposito, a great actor. Oh, Yes, uh, who does not get anywhere close to the amount of credit that he should get. He's like the, the quietest, most Esposito? menacing villain ever. Do you, do you remember the first time you saw John Carlo Esposito in a movie? Yes, he was telling me to wake up. Nope. But that's the first time I saw him in school. Nope. Days. I know where the first time you saw him, and I'm going to tell you, you're going to freak out. Okay, I probably did. <laughs> Trading places. He's in the jail with Eddie Murphy oh, in Trading Places. When he's I got to go to the vault for that. I, I gotta go back to the vault, but I'm 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 vaguely remembering uh, uh, Jacques. Uh, he's the one remembering. He's standing next to the dude who asked him. I thought you said you had a phone in the limousine. What is your <laughs> ignorant? 
He's standing right next to that dude. In, yeah, in the I think I did see that. I think your 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 good your good sound over skills just I think reminded me of 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 him in that movie. But him being in a Mandalorian, you seeing a lot of characters. Man, I even love Carl Weathers in the Mandalorian because he's, he's purposely Weathers. supposed to he's purposely supposed to be playing this like overplayed character, and he he's perfect for stuff like that. Like he was in a, I guess Happy Gilmore and so in, in Arrested Development. Like he plays like a character that's broken the fourth wall almost. He plays that role great and he's kind of lending that type of role to his uh performance in the mandalorian so i'm down for the mandalorian the mandalorian do you, do you realize, is saving star wars do you realize that carl carl weathers is 72 years old bro what black don't crack that's that's not biden 72 that's what i'm saying so stand carl weathers next to joe biden you tell me which one looks younger <laughs> Man, 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 we, man, Carl Weathers used to have us dying laughing as kids, man. And it's just in the uh, pre- the Predator movie, man, when the Predator killed him, I think chopped his arm and stuff off, man. We used to die laughing at Carl Weathers. So I was so great when he got brought back to Arrested Development, I think in the late 90s, early 2000s. And then he started being in like some uh, Adam Sandler movies. Where I, I almost loved when he come back. So it was a pleasant surprise for me for him to be on The Mandalorian. I, I think he's and funny. Shout out. And that, what, yeah. The other thing, too, is we got to remember this, too. And he never, I, for some reason, I don't understand why he's not a bigger name in this city. But Carl Weathers is a New Orleans native and went to St. Aul and graduated from St. Aul and then went on to play college football and make it to the NFL and become this huge acting star now. No one talks that's about bar that. Tri- that's some bar trivia knowledge that I didn't, I think I knew, but I was not sure that I knew. But Nobody I talks about Carl Weathers. Bar Weathers. Saturday night tournament with this information. Mm-hmm. You got that one. Ask folks. <laughs> Carl Weathers graduated from. <laughs> Ask him what city he's from, and they won't know. Man, Carl Weathers is funny as hell, man. And I can't wait to see him in a Mandalorian. I'm, I'm glad some of the stuff that you told me, I'm going to be hyped up to watch it because it's honestly the best thing Star Wars has given us since uh, Empire Strikes Back. And just a little shout out to uh, to uh, with the Solo. Solo was actually good too. People don't sleep on Solo. Solo got a lot of the backlash from Last Jedi because people hated Last Jedi so bad they refused to go to Solo. And Solo got the backlash. But Solo is actually, of those four movies, in my opinion, the most enjoyable. And I will tell you this in that movie too. Um, Donald Glover adds a lot of nuance to Lando yep. Calrissian's role in that movie. That Billy D never had. <laughs> that they let him chew some stuff, some stuff up that he that you never knew about Lando, because all you thought about Lando was all you got was that mofo is smooth as hell, is because he to me Billy D Williams was rocking it from from the minute he stepped on screen, like when yeah, I was a kid he, he and was, I thought, he was pulling he was pulling digits he was Cloud City digits he was about to was was <laughs> right off on Solo's hands because my man was like what's up what's up baby you see this hair. You see this What's hair? Happening, girl? I got a cape. I'm Han. I got a gold chain. What's going on, Han? Come on, baby. Come on, look at these boots. I sold you guys out for Vader. <laughs> I sold y'all out. Did you see him in the last movie? You saw him in the last movie? Uh, I was just waiting on this planet for 10 years looking for my daughter, and you guys arrived. And then, and then he comes plan. at the end, and they're like, well, we're going <laughs> to die. And he's like, yo, hey, we're right behind you, dog. Why is it that? That's what it's the funny thing this year, th- these last couple of years, though. Why are black folk popping out of nowhere to save things? Black Panther was the first one to step out in Avengers Endgame, and um, Lando Calrissian, the first one to show up to save him in uh, <laughs> the last <laughs> Skywalker, so. <laughs> 
<laughs> man, yeah, uh, man, you bring back a lot of memories for that. But yeah, that, that there were actually five movies. I forgot about Rogue One, which I kind of enjoy. A lot of people love Rogue One. I thought Rogue One was a bit too somber for me. It did. It, there was no wonder in it. I, 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 I like I like a, like an uplifting aspect to it. I thought the end, obviously, with Vader killing everybody was cool. But I hated that they misused uh the, one of the characters. It was the Asian actor. I'm sorry, his name is escaping me right now. But he plays Bruce Lee's master in the Eat Mon series from China. And Are you talking about phenomenal. the blind guy who believed yeah, in the force? Yeah, phenomenal. And he was just running around the whole damn movie saying, I'm with the force, the force is one with me. I'm with the force, the force is one. Dude, man, do we have anybody with any creative writing ability that could give that man something better to say for the entire damn movie? Yeah, I think they missed, like, I did not like the way they started presenting the force that way. Like, uh, whoever... Oh God. But well, let's move on from yeah. that. We got two other things. <laughs> now, the last... I want to do this with BT has been pushing this hard at 40 years old and BT has been something that we grew up with. Um, and it was such an, it, at times it has been a source of joy and sometimes it's a source of embarrassment, <laughs> uh, but it is inexplic- inexplicably linked to our experience in this country. If I'm, I'm going to ask you, what are the three things that if I say BT, what are the three things that you think of first moments I think, or shows? I think, I think a video soul. Donnie Simpson. Donnie Simpson, because he kind of looks like my dad. I think of... Uh, <laughs> Donnie Simpson might have been the coolest... Uh, I mean, he's still alive. He's one of the coolest dudes yeah. ever. Definitely. I think of... Uh, I think of uh, Rap City. Which Tigger. one? The mayor? Or the one with... Rap uh, City with Tigger. Or Big with Les. Well, Big Les, all of them, but I think that my most formative years of watching it was with Tigger. Like, 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 I probably watched it as a kid, like with the Big Les and all of that. I I knew of it, but I can remember like the Tigger episodes where they had like the freestyling in, in the studio and stuff like that. Late late nineties, early two thousand. I think that's more more like when I was in it. And obviously, one hundred six in part. So for me, the things that the biggest things in my life on BT have been was the new edition movie the the mini series the bobby brown like i put that as one thing because that that was a good movie new edition bobby brown mini series the two of them together that that is like that's when i came of age i turned 14 15 when the years when ninth and 10th grade was when bbd and new edition and bobby brown when all that peak was when even ll cool j was thinking about wearing your new edition bobby brown button on your sleeve that was, you know, I grew up with New Edition. They were yeah, stars yeah. my entire life. Mr. So telephone Man. Can you imagine them saying Mr. Telephone Man in 2020? People are like, what the f- are you talking about? What is a party? I did that with my daughter. <laughs> She's like, Daddy, what is a party line? And I said, it's where you got to share your phone with somebody else. And she said, why would you do that? And I said, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> we was just happy yeah, to have a Dude, dude, I mean, this world has flipped in about 50, 20 years. I mean, this world has flipped. And uh, so then I would say that one. Um, since you already took video, Rachel, Rachel from Caribbean Rhythms. Oh, yes, but she was on, you know, nah, but you understand, Rachel, Rachel was on Caribbean Rhythms like late, 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 and then she moved on down to Video Soul. Yeah. So the last like few years was, was her on Video Soul. The Caribbean Rhythms years was like, yeah. and, I, and I don't oh, want to yeah, be yeah. too, uh, you know, too male here. So was, everybody was in love with Rachel. Everybody hey, was in love with Rachel. Every so trip that she wrong did, with that. like, you knew there was going to be about 20 minutes of Rachel in a bikini every week. So it was just like Caribbean Rhythms. <laughs> That's what got me into reggae. You know, all I knew was Bob Marley before Rachel. Rachel put me on to Yeah, some stuff. Caribbean Rhythms. Yeah, I, re- I remember that. I remember that. I, I totally do. 
And then the other thing that I would say is I love when BET started the hip hop honors because there have been some of the dopest performances, um, yeah. even better than the BET awards. I think hip hop honors, the way that they've done the hip hop or the yeah, BET, BET awards, awards are hit or miss. Because, uh, yeah, they've had some bad hosts. They've had some overdone moments. But to me, it's just like the just the fact that they have always really, really cared about the presentation of the music. Um, they just I, I just don't understand why the production values as far as, like you said, with script writing and, and humor has often fallen flat. But when it comes to honoring people in music. BT has always done a great job with that. When Michael Jackson passed away, they did a great job with that. When um, yeah. Prince passed away, they did a great job with that. When they have brought people in who were, you know, who we hadn't seen in a while, BT has had that ability to do reunions and bring the dedication of female MCs. That one, the dedication yep. of female MCs. When they brought out all, it goes kind of lends itself to that conversation we were having a few weeks ago with the WAP controversy. Well, so-called controversy is that do you, do you see how many female artists they had back in the gap? Like it was so many. It was like, and they were being marketed, and it was like everyone knew them, and it was it, so. Yeah, I miss those kind of days. And that was also the thing about BET that I'll say is this too. Back in the 80s, much like radio was then, you could hear anything on BET because it wasn't corporate yet. It wasn't Viacom yet. It was independent. So you could hear, like if you turned on Rap City, you was going to hear songs from people that you had no concept of where they... You know, I mean, even but I mean, even before that, like just artists that you you like, we were exposed because on the radio in New Orleans, the hip hop scene was really small. Then it was so yeah. small, we didn't really have a background of artists till the late '80s that we started paying attention to. But you got to see New York, you got to see LA, you got to see Detroit, Chicago, Atlanta, all these places that were popping before New Orleans popped off. And it was if we didn't have BET. In that regard, even more so, and I know people like to put your MTV raps as the the standard bearer, but I would say that BET did it way better than your MTV raps because yeah, MTV, it was more cosmetic. It was yeah. more cosmetic on your MTV raps. It, it was, was more clutter. like, oh look, look at us showing you know showing white society what rapping stuff is, right? Where BET, BET was like, care, turn on it the camera, <laughs> like just turn on the camera. I mean, well, when it was Chris until Trump, until it, until it got Viacom out. To the guy Viacom, but like now I can, then, I can hardly, I can barely watch it now. It that was out like to have it when you didn't have any stations really that was showing any yep. black content. That showed black faces. Yep. People just don't know. Kids, if you're under 25, you have no idea what it was like then. When cable, yeah, we had like 50 channels on cable, and BT was all you had if you wanted to yep. see black people for more than an hour in a day. Yep. <laughs> man, I'm sad at that, but that's what it was. Dude, there was a time MTV didn't even play Michael Jackson, man. So it, it, MTV could act like it's all this and that now, and video VMAs and everything. There was a time when MTV were scared to play Michael Jackson. BET broke Madonna. BET broke Madonna. People forget Madonna's videos were played on BET before they were played on MTV because MTV didn't want to deal with it. BET broke Madonna. She was a black, she was uh, introduced to black audiences before white. And you saw how that kind of played out in her career too. 
Because you know how it goes. It has to be desensitized and softened and scrubbed and take through the car wash. And then, oh, now we can put it on MTV. Yep. It's like, oh, okay, now, now it's for the people. Now it's and it made Bob Johnson. Bob Johnson became one of the first real black millionaire, billionaires because of that. So, Man, pop the, Bob, pop the Bob Johnson for naming the damn team after He didn't even think about the region, the area, the, you gotta the, be the wildlife in society. He said, let me make it a Bob. My name is Bob. Throw a cat on the side of that mug. And we the Bobcats. How, how you I like know. that? I can't do that with mine. I can't have the New Orleans grow. That ain't gonna rock it. That ain't gonna rock it. Ain't nobody buying that jersey. <laughs> All right, last but not least, Primetime has moved over to Jackson State. This is a huge coup in name. Yeah, um, yeah. This just happened earlier today. Um, you know, this is about as high profile a, a name to to take over at an HBCU as we've ever seen. Do you think Deion Sanders has the wherewithal to be to do all the things, especially at an HBCU where the resources are not the same? Do you think he has the wherewithal to do the heavy lifting to build a successful college program? One thing I do, I heading on to Florida State, I just think that's a bad situation. I think that job is a setup. I think you lose at Florida State early, that's it. You'll never coach again. I think that in this particular situation he is going to get be able to mold everything he's going to be able to put in and install his style you know his his demeanor his idiosyncratic way of being will be a part of that program so i don't think i think if he was at a national program you know somewhere where they've done it a certain way we would probably be more critical of maybe him you know bringing his own persona and his own type of you know glitzy you know you know it's going to be bling bling kind of you know football with him you know and i think that at a, at a, at a national university he would probably get killed for that if they lose a game and acting that but i think at jackson state he'll get a he'll get an opportunity to be first off around people that's going to understand where he's coming from with all that because we know that a black like black athletes can be that and still be serious about the game and still be organizational about the game and still have iq about the game but can still you know have that type of you know look at me you know flexing type of attitude that i know uh that uh prime is going to probably bring to his players so from that standpoint i think that that and the fact that I've seen him on reality television talking to kids. Now, I don't know. You can tell, tell me if that was acting or not. And a lot of those instances, it seemed pretty genuine to me. And a lot of those instances when he was talking to kids and the kids seemed to have a pretty, pretty good rapport with them. And you know that when he goes to houses to recruit, I'm prime time. He's going to bring out the tapes. He's going to bring out, you know, all the little situations that people saw him in the league. So I think, I think recruiting is going to be pretty good for him. And I think once you get the players in, once you get a decent amount of players, I think pretty much everything writes itself after that. So I don't think he would have even been under any type of consideration for a, a big-time college job if he wasn't, you know, uh, at the level of a of, of person to be able to accept a job like this. So I don't know what, from an X's and O's perspective, would he I have to get deeper in on that, but as a figurehead who can bring in players and maybe bring in, you know, staff that can that, that understands different things, I, I, I think it's an intriguing hire, and I'm ready to see what, where it goes. The, the one thing I worry about with Dion is if he comes into this viewing it as a stepping stone, I don't think that that's a good thing. If, you, if you're dedicated to building an HBCU program, the last thing an HBCU needs is to be abandoned for somebody else 
You know what Damn, I'm saying? I think that's going to happen, actually. I, I Honestly, I, that's what I was discussing today on Twitter. I was saying that – I was actually discussing that with somebody on Twitter. I was saying if he wins the SWAC in a couple of years, he'll be able to get a job where he can he have all the securities that maybe a team, uh, an organization like Florida State wouldn't give him. I'm just saying it's one thing to do a really good job and then, you know, establish the program and leave. But if Dion does what a lot of people do, and I call it churning and burning when you're trying to get to that next level is – you recruit real, real heavy, real fast, so you can win. And you don't really care about the consequences of that. We've seen it happen all <laughs> We've the time. Seen We've seen that. You do, you do everything you can to win right now, and then you book before the, the stuff hits the fan. We've seen that in high school. And Dion has had these issues as a high school coach running Prime Academy, right? Yep. And the other part is when Dion says – if you're not thinking about playing on Sundays, don't come here. That's not who we were looking for. I have a problem with that because the mission of the HBCU, first and foremost, these are smaller schools. Most of these kids are not going to the NFL. We just need to stop yeah. that. We ain't going to recruit 100 kids going to the NFL. On top of that, as an HBCU, you should not be selling these kids on an all or nothing proposition that if you come here, you're here to play for, go to the NFL. You are here to get an education. You are here to become a better man. That should be his number one focus. And then on what the are, end are, of that, you're going to win some football games. But if Dion what are your feelings in, on – I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just think that he's using I was gonna say, what are you what are your feelings what are your feelings on him projecting that yet in the background – Actually, because that, that's how you sell tickets. That's how you sell boosters. That's how you, you're like you you're projecting that prime time and everybody getting excited. You sell stadium tickets with that, but in the background, he's actually doing some of the work. You know, like I, I find some of the stuff that Dion does is he's selling himself. He's he's a salesman. He's he 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 has that he has that slang. You know, he has the, the gift of gab. So I think he has an ability to be able to bring people in with that kind of stuff. But maybe in the background, he's doing it a little bit more professionally than we think. I hope so. I hope so because he could do he could do something great or he could do a lot of damage. You know what I'm saying? And that's the thing. You can do something great, and I hope he does for the sake of the, the Jackson State, which has a proud tradition. That's where Walter Payton came from, for those who don't know. It's a proud school in Mississippi. Um, and just like a lot of HBCUs is struggling. So hopefully this brings us some money for the school to help it uh, deal with those issues. You know, you've been to HBCU campuses. Yeah. You know how they oh, yeah. Yep. And, I was uh, during Southern, and they told me that was the top money-making HBCU. And I was like, oh, my God, are you serious? And so I hope it's it brings – Just the top money, I can, I can only imagine. And do those things. But at the same time, he's got to remember the focus got to be on, on, on those young men. It's not about yep, Deion Sanders. I hope it is. It's about those young men. And if you don't develop them and turn those into leaders, you fail. And we got a report earlier today that Terrell Owens and Warren Sapp would be joining Deion Sanders coaching staff at Jackson State as wide receiver coach and D-line coach that was reported, but Dion debunked that very quickly, saying, stop starting that mess by saying who my staff is. Warren Sapp debunked it even further by tweeting, okay, comma, let me type this as clear as I can. M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I fucks no. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was Warren Snap's, Sapp's response to being included in uh, the, uh, the the Twitter, the tweet about him joining Deion Sanders on the staff. No word from Terrell Owens, though. 
So we haven't heard from T.O. yet. Maybe he will become wide receiver coach. I could see it. I could definitely see that. <laughs> Man, T.O.'s still out there running four fours. <laughs> T.O.'s still out there running four fours. Yeah, but I bet you he wants a four three towards your TV screen. Oh. <laughs> All I know is I want to see the coaching staff meetings of Prime staff. If, if, that's, if there's ever been a situation that was ripe for reality Man, television. Oh, yeah. Let me see this team get put together. I want to that's see That's what's going to kill it, though. That's what's going to kill it. I want to see it, too, but that's the thing that's going to kill it. That's the thing Ooh, that's going to mess it up right there. Bro. That's going to mess it up. And they're going to do it. They're probably going to do it. I bet you they do it. I bet you there's some online or some FaceTime or some FaceTime watch TV. They're going to do something because D- that's D- who Dion is. Dion wants to open the door. He had his, he's had a reality show before. We've seen it. He wants to promote. He wants to promote. And the best way to promote is Dion Sanders. <laughs> and a camera. So <laughs> good luck to him. I'm glad that he's a part of things. I hope he brings back other athletes. I hope he, he opens up that, 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 that uh, you know, for, for black coaches to maybe get more opportunities and maybe get quicker opportunities. Maybe you get a couple of black coaches who wouldn't be able to get on another team based on their resume, but Dion knows he's played with these guys. He's been in concert with these guys, so he knows guys that can transition in. So I, I hope it is a good thing, and I hope he succeeds, and I hope it isn't just a, a – a stepping stone for him. It can only, you know, be good things if he's successful over there moving forward. But obviously we want to see coaches in the division one as well. So hopefully this can help that path. This could be the, this could be bigger if he chooses to do this the right way. What he does as a coach could have a much bigger impact than anything that he ever did on the football field. Like you said, if he can get the money, if he could create a pipeline for coaches, <laughs> if he could create you a see pipeline. see the Jackson State drum team playing that? that they're going to play that at halftime. I hope you already know that. That's already it. done. You, That's you already learn. done. That's being played at halftime. Better learn too legit to quit. Better learn too legit to quit because you, you want to see them Falcons, you know, him dancing in that, uh, you know. Uh, the amount the, of Jerry the, Curl juice on that brother. Maybe game. Andre Risen will be on the staff. Let's bring let's bring Bad Moon down to Jackson yeah. State. I, I used to love Bad Moon rising too. Even though he was a Atlanta Falcon, I used to love his attitude out there on the football field. Uh, it's still one of the greatest fights ever in NFL history oh, was yeah, rising versus Deion Sanders before the game. It was the first play of the game, and they just yep. started wailing on each other. They both got ejected. I had never in my life seen something that wrong. Loved it, and, and um, so yeah, Prime could if he wants to if he makes this about others and not himself, he will actually make himself bigger. I hope he can do it. He, 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 I want him to succeed because I want the path for, you know, yes. black minority coaches just to be better, just to be, you know, we can get guys that have failed at another job and do an, and, and come over here and do a job. It's and right you can now, bring your much of a thin line. You can get more women involved. You can because you see yes. women coaches in the NFL now. We see it. So he could be trained. He could that's be what, that, you're right for the twenty first athletic program. If he wanted that's to do it, saying. he's got enough. He power has the ability to to shape it one hundred percent in his image. He wouldn't have gotten that at Florida State. You know, and you lose three, four games in a row, two seasons in a row, that's it. You're done. You're kicked. You're never getting another job again. Is he, if he's able to bring up the relevance of Jackson State, win a SWAC title here or there, win a Bayou Classic, you know, national television and stuff like that, that can only be good for, for the, 
the, play, the, the, the coaches that are sitting there trying to get opportunities. Absolutely. So I, I just think it's just it's, it's going to be cool. It's going to be really cool to, to watch. And um, like I said, the, the potential of it is so amazing. Bruh, man, we talked longer than I thought this time. But uh, it, again, hey. it's always <laughs> it happens when it's good subjects, man. Yeah, man. Good conversation can't be can't be touched bad. So tell them one more time that they can follow you. And also, I'm going to tell you this before Hank says his thing. Uh-huh. He's going to be doing more stuff. Um, in association with us at Hard in the Paint. He's always been part of the family. Um, but as high school sports get back going in New Orleans and then around the state, he's going to be working in a lot of places. And we're going to be adding that information that he brings back. He's going to be broadcasting games. He's going to be writing about games. And that'll be on our Hard in the Paint site. And you can go and check those things out. We're going to keep growing this family um, because we really believe that we want to serve as many sports fans in as many different ways as possible. And we also got to cultivate each other. And that's part of this, too, is I believe in him. And I think he believes in in the mission that we're trying to do here. And um, this is a brother I'm proud to stand behind. Definitely. And Latrell, uh, Latoya Cantrell said that they play in games. So since they play in games, I will be masked up. <laughs> and I will have a microphone. I think Carr plays Warren Easton uh, the first game in October at uh, Hoss Memphis Stadium. I'll be there announcing that game. So we, we got the high school season. Uh, it's going to happen, Dave. I mean, he, five months ago, three months ago, you told me this was happening. I would have looked at your funny style, but it's going to happen. And so I'm going to be a part of it as safe and as socially distanced as I can. And you guys can follow me online on Twitter at Hanks 3 Sports. That's H-A-N-X, the number three, and sports. All right, my man. Y'all know how you can follow me at DM Grub on Twitter, Instagram, and at HITP with D Grub as well on Instagram. Check out the website, HITPwithDG.com. And if you have not been, go back to the store. If you have been, check it out. Go check it out again. If you have not, check it out now. There's a lot more stuff there in the, the store online. Um, more athletic gear, more like yoga pants, sweatsuits, all kinds of stuff um, that we have there. And then on redbubble.com, you can go check it there or on the app um, and look up HITP with DG. Tons of designs there for you for fashion, wall hangings, all kinds of stuff. Um, it helps support what we're trying to do here. And um, I just I'm really waiting for my heart to paint gear, so, man. I'm waiting for my heart to paint gear. I Where know. is it, man? You put it in the mail. Did you put it in the mail? Or are we going to this, this Trump, the guy that Trump hired to yeah, yeah, the mail? Is that blame it on him? You in the house. I got two caps sitting for you in the house. But, and at the visor, I, but you wanted the visor, so I got to send you. I do have visors now, so I'm going to make you go on the site. Go look on the site. And you All right, get back Amazon to me, me man. Visor. Amazon me, brother. So I'll hit you with that visor as soon as you go find the one you want. All right. <laughs> Definitely. You message me with that. And um, <laughs> so thank you. all We almost have 5,000 listeners. So I really got to appreciate y'all uh, for doing that and sharing it. If you have, please go out and subscribe and rate. We're on every major platform that, that you listen to your podcast on. So until the next time for Hank Brady, I am David Grubb. And this has been part of the Hard to 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 Hard